All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today is another Falcons historian shootout where my co-host Alan Sterk and I will be peppering Kevin Knight of the Falcoholic as well as Jason Butt, formerly of The Athletic, with trivia questions about the Falcons 2007 season. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So guys, today's Locked On Falcons episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your cars will ever need. You know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years. I'm on Twitter at Falcfans, of course, the host of this Locked On Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today I am joined by my co-host, Alan Stark, for another Falcons historian shootout. And today's episode, we will be talking about the Falcons 2007 season, you know, and I know that brings some dark memories before we are joined by Jason Butt, formerly of The Athletic, as well as Kevin Knight of The Falcoholic to pepper them with trivia questions about that season. But, you know, the 07 season's not a great look for you guys. And so we won't immediately sort of jump into Alan and I's refresher review of that season prior to getting into that trivia contest. Uh, so, you know, Alan, there's other news in Falcons um, going around around the Falcons that we can talk a little bit about before we get to the dark times of, of Bobby Petrino and whatnot. So, uh, you know, the floor is yours. Matt Ryan's becoming a part-time comedian. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the little uh, joke about, for those of you that missed it, that Matt Ryan, you know, made a joke about, media members asked him a question about playing in front of empty stadiums and the idea of pumping crowd noise. And he sort of joked that, uh, I don't know if the Falcons should be worried about, uh, pumping in crowd noise, obviously for, again, if you're been out of the loop for the last, what, what, five years it was, you know, the Falcons got fined a couple of years back for pumping the 2014 in. season. Yeah. So, you know, Sorry to explain a joke that immediately kills it, but, you know. Matt Ryan, as great as he is, is you know, an incredible human being, especially what he's been doing with the donations. He is not the greatest when it comes to press conferences. I've been to several Matt Ryan press conferences, and they're relatively dull, even after a couple of dramatic games. Like, I'll never forget after the loss to the Patriots on a Sunday night. Like d was trying to really get something out of him when it comes to, oh, why is the offense not uh, clicking? Why can't you score in the red zone? And Matt was just giving the most mundane answers. So I do like it that as he's getting older, Matt Ryan's starting to open up a little bit with press conferences and you know, get a couple punchlines in there. You know, I think people generally like Matt Ryan, not just as a player and human being, but you know, I do think he has a bit of a personality, but it doesn't really come off across in press conferences. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a fair statement. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I think at least some people out there kind of resent a little bit sort of why he gets overlooked because he doesn't have some of these, you know, more outgoing, I guess, personalities that you see from other sort of other prominent quarterbacks that are of his same caliber. Um, and, he, you know, he's just kind of the quote unquote boring guy, which, you know, I don't think is necessarily a fair way of describing him. But, you know, I guess relative to the the Aaron Rodgers and the, you know, I don't know, you know, Russell Wilson's probably ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson's boring, but he's like a different kind of boring that makes him he's in, less. He's encouraging boring. Yeah. You know, like. But, Matt Ryan's you know, corporate boring. Like Matt Ryan's like PR trained to the fullest. Yeah. And, and, and Tom Brady's 
pretty boring too, but he's got rings, so it makes him a little bit more interesting, I guess. With well, the well, and he's got controversy around him. Like, when have you heard Matt Ryan any sort of scandal? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, uh, other quick note: Todd Gurley's a fish on the Falcons, so I think Dirk Cutter. People are gonna ask Dirk Cutter, so is he healthy now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he passes physical for those you know been living under a rock the last couple of days. Um, so that's good news. I mean, it, it, you know, part of me again, you know, that loves chaos would have enjoyed what would have happened had he not passed his physical and sort of what the Falcons would have to do to, to figure that out. But, you know, obviously we want Todd Gurley playing for the Falcons and, and, and looking good. So this was good news. He's in Atlanta now. He's probably going to appear in like a little baby video in about two weeks. He's, he's here. Yeah. You get a nice look from Gucci Man. Anything's possible. We got it's time for Todd Gurley to fully. I don't know. We it has been kind of like a report, but I wonder what's going on with him and the Rams. You know, the payment that he was doing. I heard much about that. Yeah, I you know, I'm curious, and uh, you know, I was thinking about that earlier today, and I was thinking about you know, you know, Clay Matthews is still out there, and he you know he's got the same issue, but I think he's actually pursuing it. You know, he's actually suing the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. While Gurley's just gonna let it play out, I guess. He's he's not as bothered by it, I guess. But Man, running backs are being so misfired. They they gotta get some W's when it comes to just money. Yeah. I I just want to see running backs try to win. Yeah, I saw I saw some tweets earlier this week about people talking about sort of how how many big name players are going to hit the market at that position next year. And you you hear the news about uh, who is it that's holding out? Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, so great Dalvin Cook. Oh man. I need Dalvin Cook on the football field. He's honestly like one of my top five players of all. It's crazy that like, you know, and I, I remember someone saying this a couple of years ago that like when you're playing football at a young age, usually the best player, the best athlete on a team is put at the running back position. And so, you know, at the lower levels of football, like the running back is like the most valuable position is the, the signal that you're the best player in the team. And then seemingly as you progress, in your level of play, like you become less and less valuable. It's, it's weird how that works out. Unfortunate, man. I would just, I wish there was a way that you could back them because you think about like there's just so many great ones out there. So many you enjoy to watch. Like I want Derek Henry to make all the money. I want somebody like Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Like these guys are some of the most enjoyable players to watch. And now it's like you're not going to be paid at a premium. It's it's unfortunate. It's still something that I'm still trying to. Uh, I guess fully comprehend. Like, obviously, look, we know the position is become very devalued, but uh, I just wish there was a way to satisfy these studs. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of see how what changes. I, I think we're still going to see, you know, guys get paid, but we're, we're still going to be having those conversations, you know, two or three years after they get paid. I'm like, well, running backs, you know, the, they why are teams still paying running backs? And it's like, well, this guy's the exception. It's like, yeah, he's the one out of like the fourteen guys that got paid that wound up living up to that contract. So it, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's one of those things where it's like, it just kind of is what it is, and we'll sort of have to see if that changes in the future. If the the league, you know, reverts to a, a a different style of play that you know allows those players to have a little bit more value. And last thing on this, but if you run the playoffs, I know. Both teams, they won a couple of different ways. And some of it was a little bit fortunate. Something was just all their way. But like you look at the Titans and the Vikings, their wins in the wild card round. Tennessee beat the Patriots. 
Um, the Vikings beat the Saints, and I thought a large portion between why both teams won was the running game. You look what Derrick Henry did against the Patriots. Like Brian Tannehill, I think, made two meaningful throws the whole game. And then you look at the other side where, you know, for the four quarters, Kirk Cousins is playing scared, and Dalvin Cook made the majority of the plays. So I think those are pretty examples where it's like, okay, you know, running backs don't make a difference. It's like both those teams with their studded running backs, they won their games on the road in hostile environments. And you can't dispute what Derek Henry did. So I guess that's like my one main defense. No, yeah, you know, and not to open up this can of worms about, you know, whether running backs matter and what the, their value is. I think those are good points. I think the running back position still has value in this league. And I think those are two good examples. You know, I just butted heads with a lot of people that were like, see, this is proof that the running back position, you know, is the most meaningful position. And it's like, okay, let's not, let's not go that far. We don't have to go to the extreme end of that argument. It's just like they, they still do matter, but you know, they still also don't matter. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't have to be a screen extreme. They can just sort of be like, they kind of matter. That's all we need to leave it at. So that's my Man, reaction we- to that. We had Ben Baldwin write it now on. Oh, we be done. <laughs> ben Baldwin would just destroy all of them. Uh, uh, to, to all the listeners, if you're, in case you're wondering, we are trying not to talk too much about the 2007 season, so that's why we're having this lengthy discussion. But unfortunately, we're going to have to get into the 2007 season right now. Yes. In that 2007 season, we will be talking about the very unreliable villain named Bobby Petrino. But you know who is not unreliable and, in fact, very reliable? That is, of course, today's sponsor, rockauto.com. rockauto.com has everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate as you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brand specifications and prices you prefer. And the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So, Alan, we are here to talk about the dreaded 2007 season, which is a bunch of bad memories, largely thanks to Michael Vick's dogfighting scandal and him ultimately being incarcerated over those events that took place in my home state of Virginia. And then of course that led to Bobby Petrino's departure from Atlanta mid season, sneaking out like a thief in the night, um, you know, with what three games left, four games left on the season and leaving the Falcons high and dry. And it was just a all time low from a, at least a storyline standpoint, a fandom standpoint in terms of, this Falcon team's history, at least in recently, you know, I, I can't speak on, you know, maybe some really rough years in the sixties and seventies, but certainly in the Arthur Blank era since Oh two, certainly the lowest of the lows for the Falcons in that 2007 season. Before I get into the season, I do have to mention that 2007 season was the first time we, we started communicating. I don't know if we were friends yet because you strongly disliked me, but uh, I enjoyed the 2007 Falcons board. I was a high school, a freshman in high school, 
And I just remember, I think Sports Illustrated was like advertising falkbands.com. I was like, I need a place to talk about Falcon fans. And stumbled on this glorious website, joined a chat room, and Aaron got tired of me very quickly, got banned multiple times, most notably, I think, when they were playing the Titans. This one, D'Angelo Hall recovered a fumble and took it to the house, and I just started swearing nonstop, and you had to ban me, and I don't know, I think 2008, I calmed down, you know, thankfully, much more positive season, but you know, 2007 was the time when we first started, I guess, talking. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a beef with you, it's just, you know, you didn't use punctuation in your posts on the forum. So it was impossible to tell. It, it seemed like you were the kid Mero and just yelling all the time uh, with all caps and whatnot. Oh, who's, who's, I'm trying to get another celebrity. Kid Mero is a great boy, but who's like one that just has like the worst or, oh, okay. Um, pre transformed Gucci Mane had like the worst grammar ever. I mean, I was shouting out Gucci Mane a lot. On spot. But like, remember like Gucci Mane, like you would just see him typing and be like, what is this mental? Like that was my point. Should. Yeah, but, it's like uh, it's like trying to read a Cam Newton Instagram post. That's another one. Oh man, that's, that's a shot right there. But uh seven season, oh boy, where to begin? I just remember just seeing like Joey Harrington. Like everyone watched Joey Harrington. He was just so bad in Detroit and just knowing that he was going to season as a starting QB just helped me be excited. And then you had a lot of these aging players like worked on Joe Horn, Audrey Pumpler, on the defensive side of the ball, like so even Lauren Malloy was starting to get older. And it was just man, this team they're rebuilding. Like they're clearly not going to contend, and they have way too many old players. I think Wayne Gandy was left tackle, even though he got injured. Am I right? Yeah. So it was just, oh, it was rough just seeing you know, all these veterans with a coach that clearly was in over his head, and and it just transpired into a complete disaster. Like, like I think some of the first early games were competitive, but I would say like I remember that Monday night game against the Giants because. of live in New York and our friends are giant fans, but I have more friends that are Jeff fans, giant fans. But I just remember I was really excited about just the Falcons being on Monday night against the Giants. And like outside of Jarius Norwood, 67 yard rushing touchdown. I think D'Angelo had an interception. Besides that, I just remember that game just absolute roast. And like, I even remember like the commentators were just roasting Petrino saying he doesn't seem like he's all into it. And I think that just set the tone. Like I remember that beating on Monday night against the Giants and then on it was downfall from there. Yeah, I don't have too many specific memories from this season, but I think it's funny sort of you talking about Joey Harrington being bad. But, you know, it, what's funny is knowing me now, like going into the 07 season, I was like, yeah, I think Joey Harrington could, you know, manage the game and get this Falcon team to 7-9. and nine. Um, And, you know, I know that's weird, me being optimistic about, you know, Joey Harrington. Uh, but like, you know, compared this to this one, you I, had hair. <laughs> yes, I did have hair, but I just, yeah. I just say that like <laughs> when you were a lot, <laughs> when, uh, you know, like the, the way that I am now guys is because I've been jaded by, <laughs> by seasons like the, the 20, 2007 season. Um, and it was pretty quickly in that, like that week one Minnesota game where it was like, Oh wait, this is, this is not going to go the way <laughs> that, you know, I thought it was going to go. So it, it 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 was all pretty much downhill from that point, and you know, since this is a D'Angelo Hall uh, uh, heavy podcast, you know, with the big move that Bobby Petrino made, cutting Grady Jackson at the middle of the season, and you know, D'Angelo Hall sort of last hurrah in in Atlanta was kind of leading a, a mutiny in within the locker room, and and basically you could tell just watching it that he had pretty much quit on the team and 
there was some other players that looked like they quit on the team, but I, I just want to give a shout out to some of the guys like the, the veterans that you mentioned, guys like lawyer Malloy, guys like Michael Boley that, you know, Jonathan Papineau, uh, that you know, Abraham had a really good year. I thought, yeah, you know, and I think Abraham is one of the few veterans that really brought it. There, there were some true guys that were true professionals in the locker room. And the one thing I will say about the 07 team is like, you know, besides the D'Angelo halls of the world, uh, there wasn't quit in the team and they just, you know, they were, they tried hard. They played with effort. They tried to win games. They just didn't have enough playmakers. Uh, it was basically the Roddy White show on offense and the occasional opportunities that Jarius Norwood had to, to break some explosive runs. I remember complaining quite a bit about like, why isn't Bobby Petrino giving Norwood the ball more? Um, and, but like, it was basically that. And, and they just couldn't compete with teams for, you know, more than maybe a quarter or two. Uh, like the, that Colts game, I think they had was that like a Monday night game too? No, that was a Thanksgiving game. Which, oh yeah, boy, that was not good. Yeah, but they they like actually started. They like they got they out to like a. Have been some games. That's why I'm saying like the Giants game. I thought was like you mentioned the Vikings game. The, uh, I think they lost the Jaguars week too. Like they were competitive in those games. The Carolina game when D'Angelo Hall essentially lost his mind. Like these were pretty much one score games until things. Like yeah, that. but they had talent. It was just the offense had no identity and. You could tell morale was clearly low, but uh, I don't know. Like you could tell, like Petrino is going more in the youth movement. Like you saw, like when Gray Jackson got released, you mentioned like people on Trey Lewis, who I know ninety five percent people don't remember Trey Lewis, but I remember like Trey, Trey, Trey Lewis, Lewis had a run. He had a snap. run where yeah. he was like, "Oh, he's uh, going to be the next big thing." There, there was there was a two month period in that 07 season where it, it felt like Trey Lewis was going to be a, a huge deal. I remember a lot of young players weren't stepping up. I remember defending. D'Angelo Hall at any sort of point. Yeah, look, I love D'Angelo Hall, but he kind of – he was a little too outspoken at the times. But I, I do think he was right about you know, young players not playing well at all. Like you look at Jamal Anderson, no sacks, barely made impact. I think Justin Blaylock was like a clean scratch his last few games of the year. Mm-hmm. My guy Jimmy Williams wasn't making plays. He, he, I think he got suspended at one point too, which pretty much ended his career. I can't believe it. My guy Jimmy Williams lasted only two years. Like, But – I think Demora Williams also kind of his play declined. It was just he, he had a valid point. Yeah, we didn't really see other than Roddy White, not the Babino, Michael Bowley. You didn't really see too many young players emerge. I thought all right, Norwood made some plays. I thought Ron Robinson showed some glimpses. Outside of that, though, like you really can't name any. It's like I know Tyson Claybo started, but I don't remember him being very good his ten seven year. Oh, don't you dare say that to me, Alan. I, look, we all love Tyson Claybo, but I think he's playing guard, which didn't help. I don't know if I'm confusing this with the 05. Like, there was one season where he played guard, and he was actually pretty good that year. I want to say the sure. 07 season, he that was the beginning of his run where he was, like, the team's best offensive line. I want to Todd say Weiner that. was still there. Yeah, but the, Todd Weiner started to decline at that point. Yeah, true. But, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to do something that's going to be very difficult right now. What was the best moment of the season? God, grief. Uh, Chris Chris Redman, you know, giving us hope at the end of the season. That's yeah. the game, I guess. Uh, I guess. I'm trying to think of, like, even a moment, like, I'm trying to think because remember, D'Angelo Hall actually had a really good start that year, so I'm trying to think, like, a D'Angelo Hall moment. Didn't he have a pick six but against somebody? He had a phone recovery against the Titans, which led to you banning me from the chat room. Okay, that, okay. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> he, he did have some interceptions. I think he had five on the year. Uh, I'm trying to think of a play. All right, this is kind of easy, even though uh, they got blown out 
that Monday night game, like the Roddy White touchdown against the Saints where he had the free Vic. That was a cool moment. Even though I was anti-Vic at the time, it was still cool. Like Roddy put his jersey up and said free Vic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess that's like the one like, I guess iconic good moment. But like, I do think Algie Crumpler had the game-winning touchdown against the Panthers, but those wins were so meaningless. So like, I'm just going to go for a moment and I'll just say Roddy White's touchdown against the Saints Monday night. You know, pick pick one of those bombs from Chris Redman. Was it the Laurent Robinson one or the Algie Crumpley one? It's the Cardinals, yeah. Late in the season where it's like, oh, we actually have a, a, a decent quarterback that's willing to not check the ball down. No, You know, I don't hate Joey Harrington, but obviously, as you spoke, mm-hmm. his limitations were very apparent that year. Oh, uh, worst Joey moment. Harrington. Oh, man. Worst, Joey. worst moment. Worst Ooh. moment. We got to pick one. That's, that's... I mean, the obvious one is, you know, the whole pot- – Trino exit strategy is, I mean, or you can go with the, if you want to go in the off season, you want to go with anything that had to deal with Vic when you found out, oh no, Vic's going to jail. I'm trying to think of a game, but I can't think it's like hard to quantify. Like, what can you really even say about that year? Did like Sidney Rice catch like a bomb early in that Vikings game? I just remember like, it was, maybe it was Adrian Peterson. It was like some big play. Oh, Adrian Peterson. And like a 69-yard touchdown where he broke like five tackles. Yeah, it was like something happened early in that Vikings game. And like going back to what I said, it's like, oh, this is not going to go the way that you think. Like that, if if there was a moment and it's like week one, like, ooh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, like that Giants game was really rough, I remember. You know, if, I, if I had to pick a moment, you're going to crack up that. I don't know how I remember this. But it was when they lost to Tampa. And that was pretty much – because remember, they, went, they were, at one point they were three and six and they were like a game uh, – Back first place, like the NFC South was really bad that year, and they were people were like, oh my god, the Falcons are somehow only one game out of first, and then they got blown out by Tampa. That's when they brought Leftwich in, and I just remember like Joey Harris here running a slant and go, and D'Angelo Hall just totally biting on the slant, and he just got roasted. And I was just so bummed out because I had the D'Angelo Hall jersey, and I don't know why. That's just gonna be my worst moment because I was just like, man, D'Angelo Hall got roasted by a guy that is gonna be a senior citizen in two years. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Joey Galloway, though. I always like Joey Galloway. And Joey Galloway, yeah. You know, that's probably the only Joey Galloway mention will ever be on this podcast. So, shout Very out to him. So, yeah, you could pick about 150 worst <laughs> moments. But yeah, if I had to pick one on the field, it seeing my guy, D'Angelo Hogan, getting roasted. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty rough year. Definitely a rough but by year. Because I, I, I just want to talk, because we didn't mention enough, but that D'Angelo, Steve Smith, like, like would you say Steve Smith kind of punked him? Steve Smith punked everybody. So yeah, yeah, but he only had one. Ca- I remember he only had one catch for ten yards. But the issue is that moment, like it would have been like a sixty-yard completion if Hall didn't horse collar him in the worst possible way. Like that pass interference was very reminiscent of what Josh Norman did to Julio Jones back in twenty eighteen. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm Wait, trying Julio to remember. Jones. Remember when Odell? Josh Norman? No, Josh Norman Julio. Remember when Josh Horman had that P.I. where he just pretty much yanked him down? It would have been a touchdown. I do not remember that. All right, well, you all remember the 2018 season. <laughs> Did we play the Redskins in 2018? Yeah, that was like their best win. Oh, yeah. yeah remember when right. Norman yanked them down? And everyone okay. just like, he, he, like, Julio legitimately could have got injured. Like, it was a bad fall. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember Hall, that play. No, Daniel Hall did something similar to Steve Smith, and then like Petrino looked at him and said, "What are you doing?" Hall just went berserk, and then Grady Jackson 
put his big club just like breaking it up. He's like, yeah, young fella, come over here. But uh, yeah, that's your random comparison. Okay. All right. Like the way you talk about John DeBaron, is the way you talk about D'Angelo, and we got uh, 2004 is the last year I got left, so I gotta, I gotta get my stuff. Okay. But, all right, that's the best you're getting about this 2007 season. Um, there is just not a lot to say. But, yep. You know, salute, salute to Roddy White though. And shout out to Martrez Milner and uh, Montavious Stanley. Who's the guy that whose offensive line that? I became a wrestler. He played a lot that year. Uh, I can't Janaka. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to those guys. For, shout out to Lewis Sanders. He wasn't very good, but shout out to Lewis Sanders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mike Schneck, the long snapper. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. <laughs> Artos Pinner. I think he had like a fake punt that was like his only carry of the season or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I know his last name's Stanley. What's his first name? He was on the team. Montavia Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So, yeah. all right, man. Those are, those are your shout-outs. There you guys go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. There you oh, guys have it. Oh, we didn't shout the guy who was actually on the team. Shout-out to Mort Anderson. Yes, Morton Anderson. You know, I was I was giving shout-outs to players that no one actually remembers, you know. But Mort Anderson, I remember because he was on the team. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, man. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, we will be back with uh, more trivia from this 07 season and see if maybe Jason Butt of The Athletic, formerly of The Athletic, as well as Kevin Knight of The Falcoholic, have a little bit more positive memories of this 07 season. We doubt it, but we'll see coming up on today's episode. But before we get there, you guys should subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast hosted by Vinny Iyer. Get you guys prepared for this upcoming fantasy football season. Find Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, when you're about to take part in a trivia contest, you need to use your brain. And of course, your brain needs fuel. And that fuel is none other than protein. So why not check out our friends at Built Bar where you can get a great tasting protein bar that has one seventh the carbs and sugar and half the calories of their competition and four times the protein. And you get them in great flavors, peanut butter, coconut almond, black cherry, salted caramel, many, many more. Why not go over to BuiltBar.com, order yourself a mixed box that includes 15 flavors and you can save $10 off of that order by using the promo code locked on again. That's Promo code locked on to save $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. So guys, we are back for another Falcons historian shootout. I am of course, one of your co-hosts, Aaron Freeman joined by my co-host Alan Sterk. And today we are going to be peppering two contestants with trivia questions about the Falcons 2007 season and of course those contestants are none other than Kevin Knight with the Falcoholic we have Jason Butt formerly of the Athletic and hopefully if Jason can pull off a victory today that will help him build his resume for his future uh, job prospects as he moves on from the Athletic but guys welcome to the show hey thanks for having me on glad to be here yes thank you for having me once again of course You've given us the season that I've tried to block out of my memory. So this will probably be very difficult. So I blame you for making me relive this. Uh, you could blame the hat in my right hand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all your it's all the hat's fault. Yeah. yeah. So before we start this off, we do this with uh, everyone that comes on the show. Uh, Kevin, you could start us off. Where were you in your life in 2007? And what do you remember of this disastrous season? 
I was in middle school uh, in 2007, uh, eighth grade. Uh, so yeah, that was, you know, an interesting time. Uh, <laughs> you know, very awkward time for all of us, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it was devastating for me personally because I was a huge Mike Vick fan and all of the stuff that went on with him. I mean, it was devastating, um, you know, to to have to basically you know, change your opinion on someone who was like a sports idol and a sports hero for you so quickly. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't wear my Vic jersey anymore and all that stuff. And that was my, you know, favorite go-to jersey. And it, it was just difficult. Um, you know, I wasn't anywhere near as like into the team as I am now in terms of like actually following players and stats and all that. But, uh, you know, it was just really hard to watch them uh, suck so hard <laughs> in 2007 after we had been spoiled by some really excellent uh Vic years so yeah I, I don't honestly remember too much about the actual games but uh I mean there, there were some bright spots here and there right probably, probably reaching. not yeah we're reaching there but yeah it was interesting how about you Jason so let's see I was in college I was I was a little older than Kevin I um I, I just remember when I mean I, more than the season. I just remember the Vic fallout. Just just being that age, being in journalism school, and um, it just being the biggest story in, in the in the sports world. I mean, you're sitting here going, like, how in the world, uh, you know, this guy who has been an idol in, in the Atlanta community, who had the city in the palm of his hand, you know, he's like tied up in dog fighting, and and you're, you're just you're just kind of beside yourself wondering like how and, and why and all these questions. And then you start hearing the details and, and, and you're, you're just kind of uh, befuddled really. And, um, and then the season happens. And I mean, it was, it was just, I just remember it felt like Bobby Petrino, even from afar, it just felt like Bobby Petrino did not care at all about this team. Once, once Michael Vick was done, it was like, he didn't have Vick. He didn't care. I mean, it was an exit strategy from from that moment on. Once he didn't have the quarterback, I mean, Vic. You know, knowing what we know now, you know, Vic was was uh, the whole reason Petrino came to Atlanta. He was like, I'm going to build my great offense around him, and uh, he wasn't there, and and he had no interest in and in, and uh, being there long term once he didn't have Vic around. And so and you saw it from day one, really. And I'm never forget to see the veterans like Algie Crumpler, Keith Brookings, of course, D'Angelo Hall, who wasn't quite a veteran at the time, but he was a well-established player. Just every week it seemed like there was like a public argument. It was just that's when you kind of knew when like players are arguing with the rookie coach like Petrino. Yeah, this is going to end badly. But yeah, sorry you guys had to relive it. But <laughs> just I just when we, when was this year? We're just oh, 2007. Like there's nothing here outside. Okay, shout out to Roddy White. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, big shout out to Roddy White. All right. Uh time to get into the trivia. Alan, yes, who, do you want, who do you want starting off? All right, we're gonna start off. I'll be asking Jason five questions and then you got Kevin with five questions. If you guys are tied, we got a tiebreaker question waiting for you. So first question for Jason. The Falcons started three different quarterbacks that season, which led to a total of four wins. Who was the quarterback that won the most games? Oh gosh. Um I'm going to go with Chris Redmond because they had two wins oh. down the stretch. It was Joey Harrington. It was Joey Harrington? Yeah, he won three. Man, yeah. that Chris Redmond, I remember Redmond being better than Harrington, but that's like saying, you know, the car that is missing one wheel is better than the car that's missing two wheels. So. Yeah. He won one um, game. He won, 
he, he won that thing the season ender against Seattle. But other than that, Harrington managed win three and Byron Luff, which got the goose egg. But uh, all right, question two: Which player was surprisingly released in the middle of the season? Oh my gosh! Surprisingly released. Um, would it have? I mean, I don't think it would have been him. So I'm trying to. I mean, there, there's so much about this. I mean, I, I honestly would have checked out of this year. Uh, work done. It was Grady Jackson. Grady. Oh God, I do remember that now. Wow, like the one guy that was actually good on the defensive line. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, he got, he got released, and like D'Angelo Hall basically went to me. He's like, "Yeah, I think we're quitting the season. I kind of gotta get out of here." Which yeah. is, I don't know what. Like Aaron, do you remember the fallout of that? Yeah, I, I do remember that. That was a, a big, big moment. But it did lead to the emergence of my boy, Jonathan Babineau. So it was a a silver lining uh, for that. It all works out. Yes. All right, question three. Which player had the longest reception on the season? I'm going to go 0 for 5. This is awesome. (laughs) Um, Skill position players. Yeah. um, I mean, the obvious answer. See, see, I'm the type of person that's like, well, I know what the obvious answer is. So I'm going to definitely go – Elsewhere, so I'm gonna go Algie Crumpler. It was Laurent Robinson, the 74 yards against the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, you know, Roddy would be the obvious, but right, yeah, I definitely would have said Roddy for sure. (laughs) Question four The Falcons had two future NFL coaches as coordinators in 2007. Name both coordinators. One would be two feature, two, um, Mike Zimmer's one, and the other. Oh my gosh, who's the other one? Oh my oh, god. Chance to steal? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this one. I should get this one. And I'm not going to get it because it's not coming to me. Aaron did initially not. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm, it's, it's going to kill me when you say it. You're passing this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get it. Outside Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, the coordinator, of course. <laughs> yeah, he probably shouldn't have been a head coach, but. Yeah, the one and only Hugh Jackson, Huey Headlines. There is okay. Final question. Uh, hopefully, Jason will not be with Gina Thomas in the goose egg category, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Falcons put together an actual two-game winning streak in 2007. Name the two points they beat during the two-game. Oh my gosh. Um, I looked up the schedule beforehand, so I think I, I hope I can remember the 49ers. One. Was it the Panthers? There you go. I got one. You got one. Racing Demi, you got some work to do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel oh like I, I got one. one of five. I feel like I knew these questions, so I guarantee I don't know any of the other ones you're going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. And uh, hopefully the first one's the easiest one, and then they'll probably get progressively harder. So first question for you, Kevin. This Hall of Famer was named the Falcons interim coach after the departure of Bobby Petrino. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Um, Final one I know off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. I know Emmett is his first name, but hold on. Give me a second to think of the last name because I, I, I assume you won't accept just the first name. So. Yeah, we need full name. Yeah, okay, there, there's a couple on. of Hall of Famers named Emmett. So. I know. There's a lot. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to go Thomas, Emmett Thomas. That yeah. is correct. Yes. Did not get shut out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see if you can get one more. Uh, number two, this player was tied for the team lead in tackles, ranked second on the team in sacks, and was tied for third on the team in interceptions. 
Who was he? That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Talk right, about the bright on. spots, the few bright spots. This was one of them. Um, well, I would, I would normally say, like, Brooking, but he is a linebacker, so he probably didn't have, like, any picks. At least I don't remember him ever being someone who got a lot of picks. You said, like, top three in tackles, picks, and something else? Tied for number one in tackles, number two in sacks, and tied for three in interceptions. Let's see. I don't remember who their other linebacker was that played a lot. Um, So I'm going to go with the safety who I do remember, who's Lawyer Malloy. It's a good guess. It was actually the other linebacker, Michael Boley. Ah, no, I was never going to remember that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number three. The Falcons made this player the highest paid player at his position, and he also became Pro Football Focus's highest graded player at that position in 2007, yet he earned the 19th most snaps of the players at his position. Who was he? So it must have been one of their like big free agent additions. I'll be so 19th, impressed if you get this one. Nineteenth most nineteenth most snaps. This is the can first you, PFF you, relay question. Yeah. Can you repeat the question one more time? I will. The Falcons made this player the highest paid player at his position, while also he earned Pro Football Focus's highest grade at that position in two thousand and seven. Yet he only earned the nineteenth most snaps at that position. Who was he? All right. Somebody that they signed, although I don't remember many signings, but um, was it uh, D'Angelo Hall? It's a good guess, but it was Ovi Mahaley. Oh, Ovi. Okay. Yeah, I was oh, thinking it was Kev. a defensive player for some reason. Yeah. But... Old Pat Brand. Come on, Kev. Yeah, yeah. You, you I should have known. I'm embarrassed. Yeah. All the answers are Ovi I wouldn't have thought of Ovi. Or, or, or Jonathan Bell. I should I should have known what this podcast there would have been an OV question in there. So. <laughs> All right. Number four. This 2007 free agent signings only touchdown catch of the season would come in the Falcons season ending win over the Seattle Seahawks in week 17. And that game would also mark that player's final game of his career. Who was he? Final. So one touchdown and it was his Last game of the season and coincidentally last game of his career. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of great receivers. And it's obviously not going to be like Roddy or like Michael Jenkins because they, I'm almost certain they had more than one touchdown. Um, I have two players I'm thinking of. I, it's between uh, Adam Jennings and Joe Horn. I think Horn was older, so I'm going to go with Horn. That is correct. Joe oh, Horn. my God. Horn. <laughs> Knew it was some like very deep down receiver on the <laughs> roster, but I think Horn was the older, much older player. Yes, so. that was Joe Horn's final game of his career. Okay, so Kevin, you have one, but we will give you uh, question five to see if you can sort of rub it in Jason's face. Um, <laughs> so question five, this is going to be a hard one. So you know, good luck with this. Okay, I don't I'm think anybody thirty minutes. I need thirty minutes for this one. <laughs> oh. I don't know if anybody's gotten any of my fifth questions yet, but we'll see. Um, the Falcons drafted 11 players in that 2007 draft with six of those picks starting at least two games in 2007. This player was the only one of their first of their picks in the first five rounds to not start a game in 2007, but would then go on to start the second most games for the Falcons from this draft class. Who was he? 
Golly. Yeah, we're gonna like that's a lot to, that's that's a lot to yeah, I like to, I like to throw a lot of information at you in, in these trivia questions to to throw you off the scent. Well, it's basically the draft class. It's basically you just got to remember who was the second best player from that 07 draft class. That's basically the question. You said it was like a mid round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So I know they had like Blaylock and Houston were like the second rounders, I think, and but they were both guys I think that played in 2007. So that's not – that wouldn't be one of them. Um, who else was in that freaking class? I know, like, Snelling was the seventh-round pick, and he ended up being, like, the, one of the best players in that class, which is hilarious to me. But uh, but he played almost entirely with the Falcons, and uh, I think he also played some in 2007. Um, but it was a good player from this class. Fan favorite. Fan, fan oh, wait, wait, yeah. Uh, Steve Nicholas, Steven Nicholas. That is correct, Steven Nicholas. Oh, it was the fan favorite. It was the fan. <laughs> I was like, wait, it I'm must be someone that. Block. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody that, because I was used to Nicholas from like his later years where he was just a fan punching bag. That's why when Alice said fan favorite, I was like, was he a fan favorite? I don't know. Yeah, that, but I took that as like a negative connotation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you were on D block, you were a fan favorite. I, I know, yeah, I know, Alan was a big Steven Nicholas fan, but uh, yeah, know. no, he actually wasn't that bad. Like it just towards the end of his career, they like people just roast him for his yeah, coverage. He but, couldn't move. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day when the Falcons couldn't cover tight ends, good times. Yeah, has that, has that changed that much? Right <laughs> Guess when Neil's healthy. Yeah, when Keanu Neal's back, yeah. we'll be fine. But. Uh, Kevin, you were able to, you know, pull out the victory. Um, we will have you back at some point in the future for round two, and you'll have the privilege of being able to actually answer questions about an upcoming or a, a past Falcons playoff season. So you won't have as many negative memories about your next matchup. Um, Jason, of course, we appreciate you for joining us. Um, go Absolutely. ahead. Both of you guys plug uh, your, your Twitter or whatever you're planning on doing right now. Well, I um, I'm gonna go drink a lot of alcohol <laughs> on brand. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, at Jason H. But who the hell knows what's happening? <laughs> yep. Well, Jason, we hope you land on your feet. Uh, whatever you wind up doing. Um, and look forward to whatever your next endeavor is. And certainly you'll have a lot of support from uh, Falcon fans across the world, even if it is, you know, doing the unthinkable, including maybe even covering the Saints or something like that. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeff, know, Schultz is roast, Jeff Schultz will roast you if you do <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, hey, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Be- beggars can't be cheated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at least they got rid of that Thanksgiving slot, which I know is painful for the media. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, that, that two years in a row, that was not fun. Not, I'll, I'll be honest. That, that, that for, for the media, that's, that's not fun, that game, especially the primetime game. I hate night games. I hate them. But uh, Kevin, what uh, what are you up to? You know, plug whatever you're going to plug. Yeah, yeah. First, I want to give a shout out to my man Jason. He consistently great coverage. Uh, loved his insights. And you, somebody needs to hire this man like immediately. Like it's it's ridiculous. So uh, somebody please do us all a favor and get this <laughs> man back out there, preferably covering the Falcons. But you know, if it had to be the Saints, I guess I guess I could make that work. 
I'm sure he would provide very quality coverage of the Saints. So, but yeah, I am uh, at the Falcoholic. Uh, I got articles coming out there. Uh, the Falcoholic Live is the live show, video show that I do, uh, and that's on every other Wednesday at 8:10 p.m. on YouTube. Um, and I'm currently doing a. Uh, we know ESPN did that redrafting the NFL thing where they went four rounds, and you know Vaughn took some players that I think were questionable. So. Uh, I'm in a Twitter version of that run by uh, ex-SB Nation guy, Dan Kadar, uh, and I'm picking for the Falcons in that. So little little teaser, the Falcons uh, drafted Ryan Tannehill at 16. Uh, he was the 16th quarterback taken. Yeah, <laughs> 15 no, straight quarterbacks I, 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 that yeah, went. I think we figured yeah. there's so, no way that you were you were skipping yeah. over, uh, you know, some, some no. good I was I was hoping to get Ryan like Vaughn did, but uh, Ryan actually went to the Bucks before Tom Brady went. So – you know, if that gives us any indication of how the Bucks feel about Tom Brady, maybe, or Ryan. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to go six rounds at least, and we might go longer if everyone wants to. So that'll be fun, and I'll have some write-ups on that coming out this week, too. So check it out. All right. And uh, Jason, if you do happen to wind up covering the, the Saints, uh, just every now and then just slip in a dig at Michael Thomas. And, and compare him to Michael Jordan or, or something that, you know, Falcon fans can sort of glom onto and, and we'll be like, yeah, he's still true to Atlanta as opposed to covering the Saints. Yeah, you got it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll make it subtle enough to where, uh, you know, you guys pick it up and maybe they, yeah. they won't. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, look forward to any future endeavors you guys do and, and some future opportunities for you guys to be back on the show uh, potentially later this year. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. Have a good night, guys. You too. So, guys, there you have it. Another Falcons historical shootout. We have another one on deck where I will be taking on none other than the Falcoholics head honcho Dave Choate coming up early next week. Um, But uh, that will be rounding out the first round of these matchups. But, you know, Alan, you you threw it at me that no one I ever asked questions ever wins these things. And, and finally we got Kevin on the board. So no. Oh, uh, d- d- didn't you ask Brad? Yes. That's why you said it the last time we talked. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, okay. I got two on the board. All right. It's, it's evening out slowly. Yeah. Slowly. You got to win your match. Otherwise I'm going to keep building it up. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the course already. Yes. I'm there. I got, I got a daunting match, but you know, you got to deliver, but yeah, but, Another great one. I think the last few have been really good. I've been enjoying. You know, it's been pretty good. I know this one was a particularly bad, but that uh, Jason Butt story about Joey Harrington had me cracking up. I totally forgot. Yeah. Because <laughs> didn't they beat San Fran and Carolina? And then uh, then they decided to start Leftwich against Tampa, then went all downhill. I tried to look up earlier which games that Leftwich started, and I already blanked on them. That's how forgettable that 07 season was that I don't remember what the answer to that question is, but that sounds right. Yeah. And we should probably end it here because people are probably sick of 2007. So <laughs> that's what we will do folks. <laughs> All right. We will move on to a slightly less bleak season, the 2014 season yes. on the next episode. So if you guys have any questions, concerns, suggestions, comments, whatever, of course you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Falcons. Alan is at, Allen underscore Stirk. That's a double L E N underscore S T R K. Of course, show related 
queries and comments can be sent over to Locked On Falcons on Twitter. Of course, if you prefer Facebook as your social media platform, hit up Locked On Falcons. Or if you have a long-winded email that you want to share, you can send that to LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. Appreciate you guys. Uh, stay safe out there. Have a great week. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, we are here for another Falcons historian shootout. I am, of course, one of your co-hosts, Al. Oh, God, I keep doing that. Of course. <laughs> Let me start all over. All right. And uh, seconds of how much he's going to edit. <laughs> no, I'm just watching. The, the. I could see the gears actually grinding in Kevin's head as he's sitting there trying to. Oh, that's a name drop right there. I think this is a testament to how much people have pushed out the 07 season from their memories. Yeah, man. People are, <laughs> it's like, I just, they really go with the worst straw. It's like, it's like how you don't find what is it like the 13th floor in hotels or whatever the case may be. We just did 2013 and Brad and Steve embraced it, but I guess 2007 didn't have Bob Petrino or Dolph Quinn. You know, there's a great story I heard about that season, and it's when, when Joey Harrington got benched, uh, Bobby Petrino didn't tell him, and he told the media. He gets up there and he's like, hey, uh, you know, we're going to go with Byron Leftwich this week. Uh, or, I'm pretty sure it was Leftwich first. And mm-hmm. and, then, and then the media went to uh, Joey Harrington at, at his locker, and they go, so, you know, how, what's your uh, reaction to the news today about you being benched? And Joey Harrington apparently just, like, looked like he saw a ghost and was like, I'm, I'm being benched? Uh, and then you're like, yeah, coach just said you're being benched. That's the first time I'm hearing about this. And like, it, apparently it looked like Harrington was about to cry. Just uh, that's a yeah. little insight on Joey Harrington, on uh, Bobby Petrino's <laughs> character. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I guess okay. a little a little insight into Joey Harrington's character as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I have. I have... Right, Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. Have a good night, guys. You too. You guys can hang up if you want. <laughs> wait, wait for the go ahead. I'm just going to learn. Yeah, just going to learn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care. Awesome. See you guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>